from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Dr. John Deloney, number one best-selling author a couple times over and host of the Dr. John Deloney Show, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Merry Christmas, America. We're glad you're here. Open phones at 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. Madison is with us to start off this hour in Atlanta, Georgia. Hi, Madison. Welcome to the show. Hi, Dave. Hi, John. Um, thank you so much for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Um, so I'm in a predicament um, that I've actually made myself. Um I got married, uh, second marriage for both of us, um, uh, not quite six years ago. Um, and at that time, um, I had been through a pretty bad divorce and had a pretty, uh, uh, traumatic first marriage. So definitely was healing from that and met this wonderful man. So nice to me and kind to me. And, um, I just felt head over heels in love with him. Um, I knew he was broke. I knew he didn't have any money, and that that just didn't matter to me. He was just so nice to me, and I loved being treated nice. So um, we got married. Um, I did have him sign a prenup because I was uh, expecting to inherit a large amount of money from my parents' estate at some point. I hadn't at that time, but um, I knew that that would be in the future. And uh, so he did sign a prenuptial agreement and didn't have any problems with that. Um, however, I started our relationship with just paying all the time. I, I paid for everything. We'd go out for dinner. I would pay. Um, I already had a, a place where I lived that I paid for and, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I understand how I've kind of set a pattern. Um, and at the time it didn't bother me. And, you know, I might want, I also want to add this man's a Christian man. He knows the word of God. Um, you know, we really, I really have put this in God's hands and asked for his help. Um, but, um, I just, I just can't figure out where, that why there's just, there's no spirit of generosity with, with him. He just, I've brought up several times, you know, can you please pitch in, just kick in. I don't expect half and half. I have plenty of money. I don't, I don't need his money. It's just on principle. Just, I just need to know that I'm not just the only one that's supporting us. I feel like I'm, I'm the breadwinner. So he, he doesn't the, earn an income. He, he did. We are both retired now. Um, he does not have any retirement. He How took, old are you um, guys? I'm 60. He's 64. Okay. Um, he took, uh, he took social security early. He was working at that time. And then, um, when you stay, when you start taking social security, you, you're, you can only work so many hours. You can only make so much money. Um, so that knocked his out, you know, availability down to where he really couldn't work very much. But mm-hmm. since then we've both retired and relocated. And, um, so what do you feel like the core question is? Um, I, I think I'm just trying to figure out if, um, if I'm being taken advantage of, is this just something where I'm, I'm being, you know, I've brought something up several times and I just, nothing changes, nothing it just stays the same. And I don't know if I, well, I guess what my next step should be. As oh, far hold on. As this, is, this, is, this isn't a money issue. This is a respect issue. 
you don't respect the man that you're married mm-hmm. to. Because like mm-hmm. I, I I bring home I I I bring home a quote unquote income to the house, but my wife, my God Almighty, if, if she disappeared, the house would go away. So I don't look right. at her and say, "Wow, you're not contributing to this thing," and I'm paying for dinner yeah. all the time because my money is our money, right? right. And and right. the home that she keeps and runs and her small business, like that's ours too. But there's a mutual right. respect there. So right. this doesn't have to do with money. And you mentioned earlier. You don't want a thing. You don't want your marriage to be where you're paying for everything. It is. That is the world right. you set up. So, yeah. The only thing you can do from this point forward is to create something new. But this is a respect right. issue. This isn't a. I just need him to pitch in issue. Mm-hmm. Have you Have you been very yeah. clear about what you need, or has it been a? Ah, you know, like man, I sure am paying for a lot. And he might be thinking, yeah. "Well, it's our money." Have yeah. you been very clear with him? I'm, I'm not. No, I'm, oh, okay. I'm very afraid of confrontation. I get very nervous about uh, talking about something like this. About and then money. you end up in resentment um, land because you spend a ton of time right. having imaginary conversations in your head, don't you? Yes, oh, yes. I do. All That's cruel and yes. unfair to him. And doubt. Yes. yes. So if you're going to be it's mad hard at him, on your if, brain too. Yeah, if if if, yeah. if you're going to be mad at him, he at least deserves to know what he could do. Give him a path back to relationship because right now he married yeah. somebody with a lot of money, and he might think he's fulfilling his duties as your husband by being the fun-loving guy that just whatever, whatever yeah. partridge in a pear tree. He needs yeah, to know yeah. you don't respect him. Yeah, I do. I do love him, and I don't want. Uh, I don't want anything to end. I well, don't want what does he need to do to be a person that you would respect? Because he doesn't need to work. Mm-hmm. You guys are retired. No, it's no, not a work. Retired, it's not so, a work ethic thing. No. What is it that he's no, supposed to do that makes him valid in your mind? I think just pitching in, say, I don't know, a thousand dollars a month, something. Something so Pitch in I'm from not what? Where's he got money? From, he has Social Security money, and he gets other money. So from, you guys don't um, have your yeah. finances combined at all. Um, we do have a joint checking account, but he's never put any money in it. Mm-hmm. So no, I mean, but does he it, have an avenue to do with, that? He could, yeah he he could he could put money in there, yeah, because he's on the he's on the account. But if he's looking at your vast amount of money in that account, and he looks at his piddly his piddly um, government check. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Like he needs right. to know. And I, again, right. I, I think he's going to put a thousand dollars in that account and that's not what the issue is going to be. Yeah. If he started depositing a thousand dollars a month in that account, you'd be right back here in six months. I don't know if I would be. I don't, I, it's really, it's to me, it's like you just said, it's not about money. It's more about, um, respect, and I think because this has gone on for so long, and you know, I've allowed it to go on so long, and this pattern's been set now. Um, I want to rewrite the rules, I guess. Well, since y'all are married, y'all get to rewrite them together, right? And so, yeah. I think it's a matter of sitting down and having a conversation and say, Hey, we've been married for a few years. Um, I need you to do this right. to have yeah. me have positive, respectful feelings towards you, and what can I do for you? Yeah. So that you can have positive, respectful right. feelings towards me. Yeah. Let's yeah. put all of it on the table. Mm-hmm.
Let's give each other a chance for success. Yeah. A hundred percent of what you don't say, he can't hear. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I've been married 43 years. I'm still working on that. Dave, I am too, man. I am too. <laughs> the things that our insurance had that I have never heard are amazing. But you're in trouble for them. I'm always in You better trouble. fix them. What's wrong? Nothing. This is The Ramsey Show. I saw some recent financial statistics, and there was some pretty troubling news. When families were asked how long it would be before they faced financial hardship if a spouse died, nearly one-third said they'd be in trouble immediately. Another 44% said they'd be financially drained within six months. People, it does not have to be this way. Term life insurance plans are just plain cheap, and companies have made it even easier by not requiring exams in many cases. There really is no excuse to leave your family in this situation by not having life insurance. This is why I talk about Xander Insurance every day. They're committed to protecting families with the only products that I recommend, and their team keeps the entire process simple and affordable. Go to Xander.com for quick online pricing or call 800-356-4282. This has to be a priority. If your family is in this situation, you need to get this done. Thanks for joining us, America. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. We appreciate you guys hanging out. Merry Christmas to you. Hey, if you like what you hear around here, we could use your help. Please help us. Subscribe. Click the subscribe button. Click the share button or share a link or tell somebody where you're listening or watching or wherever it is you're YouTubing or TBNing or whatever it is you're doing. Uh, you know, Spotify, right? Apple Podcasts, whatever it is. Maybe you're listening on a radio station out there. Thank you. Just share and leave us a five-star review, please. We'd appreciate it very much. Merry Christmas to you. Shay is with us. Shay is in Daytona. Hi, Shay. Merry Christmas. Hi, Merry Christmas. Good. How can we help? Hi. Um. So just to cut right to the chase, I just took out my first student loan ever. Um, super nerve-wracking. It's for my master's in social work. And it's about 45000 That's without the interest. So I'm just trying to figure out what's a great path to start on that, like how to tackle it super fast because I don't want to be with this debt for like 10 years. You just took out your first loan for a semester or you just finished a degree program and you have $45,000 in the hole? No. So it's I've, it's six, it's like 6000 a semester, um, but they just gave it all to me at once. So it's forty grand, forty five grand is what they gave me at once. Who's they? I've never heard of that ever. Uh, it, it's financial aid, FAFSA, FAFSA. So they just cut you a check and deposit it for forty five thousand dollars. Well, not into my bank. It goes directly to my school, and then they start paying it that way. So it's already given to my school, and my school just takes it out. Okay, so, so you're starting your master's. And you just finance the mm-hmm. whole thing. Well, I, I, here, Dave, I bet yes. what's happened is I bet they have you've been approved for the entire program. I bet they don't have a check for forty. I bet your university doesn't have a check for forty five thousand dollars because they wouldn't prepay like that. Because you, you could quit, you can drop out. It could be a whole thing. But my guess is okay. you were approved for the program, and the school gave you a letter that said you've qualified for forty five thousand dollars in federal aid, and every semester you're gonna have to re up and re up and re up and re up. Okay. That's my guess as to what happened. Yeah. I've yeah, I've never yeah, heard the company. So you're you're just starting pre-paying. your masters. 
Yes. And you're spending $45,000 to get a master's in social work to make what kind of money? <laughs> Not enough. But it's about ninety grand, which would be salary, or, yeah, the salary for it. There's no way you'll make ninety grand. That's the that is the um, salary in Florida for it. Where? Right now, I work at a hospital. And this a starting social worker with a LMSW makes ninety thousand dollars. Not starting out, no, but I've been doing social work and case management and all that stuff for years. So with the experience and once I get it, they're going, I'm already making 50 okay. right now. So they're bumping it up. Wow. I've, I, that's, that's extraordinary. I'm good for them because that's, that's a, that's a field that needs more people that drastically is, is usually underpaid. I would, yeah. I, as a, as a guy who's, I've taught graduate school and mental health programs. I've lived this world. What I would plead to you is to, you make $50,000 a year. I would cut back for mm -hmm. the next three years and cash flow this program. Please, okay. please, please don't chain yourself to the federal government and then try to go into a serving profession. It's a mm -hmm. recipe for burnout and you're going to, it's just going to melt you from the inside out. Please don't do this. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of my big fears. It's just like, oh, I just definitely don't want it lingering for so long, too. And when it comes to money, I just, just don't have really it. bad anxiety over it. The way, the way it doesn't linger is you don't take it. Don't take it. Don't take the check. Yeah. Pay cash for your degree is what John's saying. $6,000 a semester. Go pay it okay. outright for the three semesters plus your 3,000 hours, whatever your you have to do. Your hospital not got any financial uh, matching for education? Not, no, because I'm not a nurse. They only have it for nurses. Okay. And what enticed me to it was because they said at first that they would. And then when I got here, they said, oh, sorry, no, it's just for nurses. Yeah, I'd find another place to work, too, while you're at it. <laughs> I'm serious, 100% serious. If they're going to lure you in and then they're going to bait and switch you, I'd, I, that's, just a, that's a company without integrity. I wouldn't work for them. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. And I know this is a radical shift, but I would go to the school and say, hey, I need my semester by semester cost and they're probably going to tell you well it depends if you take six or nine hours whatever and say what is what is a full-time and was a part-time student going to cost and then you make fifty thousand dollars a year until you find another job where you'll make 60 i want you to cash flow this so program. what we're trying to tell you is that uneasy feeling inside of you when you called is real it's right and it's telling you don't do this and we're telling you it's right don't do it the best way to get this degree is pay cash for it and um you know, look for someone, maybe another, maybe another employer that pays 90 when you're out, but also uh, will help with the education like this one promised, but it was reneged on. Uh, and so let, let's do a couple things here that are pretty radical. But if you kind of just, you, you sound pretty chill. And if you kind of just allow all this to happen to you, it's going to step on your face. Don't allow this to happen. You need to stand up, square your shoulders and head straight into this with your teeth, you know, with, with a warrior yell, girl. I mean, you need to get after it. John's in Jackson, Mississippi. Hey, John, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, Dave, how's it going? Better than I deserve. What's up? Uh, I have a question about getting an SBA loan to purchase a business. What's your thoughts on that is? Never. Never? Never, under any circumstances. Okay. It's a disaster. Why would you buy a, why would you buy a business, a small business? Um, well, so I travel. 10 months out of the year and my wife stays at home with kids and it's a taxing life. Yeah. And we're trying to find 
a happy medium for everybody. Yeah. And we stumbled what we think is a good opportunity per se. And we just, uh, what is the, what is the industry that the business you're looking at is in, uh, making signs. Okay. And how much is the purchase? Uh, approximately 1.2 million dollars. Yes, sir. For a sign franchise. It's not a franchise. It's a person that started the business and he's looking to retire. Okay. All right. Um, let me give you a different way to skin this cat. Maybe. Okay. okay? But, um, let me, uh, 80% of small businesses fail in the first five years. Okay. The number one cause of small business failure when we survey them, and we work with 10,000 small businesses in Entree Leadership right now, is what's called cash flow problems. Cash okay. flow problems is a, uh, a phrase that means a lot of things, but it primarily means two things. I can't pay my debt payments, mm-hmm. and I didn't pay my taxes on time, and I get screwed by the federal government. And um, so you're going to have a million two floating around around your neck trying to drag you down while you're trying to run a business that this guy's already been running for a few years. And yeah. uh, that's like trying to swim with an anchor tied around your ankle. Uh, it's a bad yeah. plan. So let's go at this a different way. What is the okay. net profit on his business? Um, he pays himself a salary. but No, what's the net profit on the business? On average, over the last uh, four years, is around 250 Okay. A million two is a little rich. Yeah, okay. we we know that part of it. We're just we're in the beginning process. And okay. We're trying to figure so out. So here's what how I have here's how I've taught some people who hand the business to the next generation and want to be bought out, or they have to the employee or an employee or a buyer like you that want to be bought out. I don't mm-hmm. want you to get payments on a million two, and Fauci decide we're having another quarantine. <laughs> Me neither. Okay, that'll put you into bankruptcy court, sir. Not, it did a yeah. bunch of people. And because nobody making signs, they were making plexiglass, but they weren't making signs. Mm-hmm. So you were screwed if that was if you'd done this two years ago. So learn a lesson from that. Now, what okay. you can do is agree to pay him eighty or ninety percent of the profits after you take a basic small salary out mm-hmm. until he gets his million. And about a million is about what it's worth. But if you okay. make two hundred fifty thousand a year on it, and you gave him ninety percent of it. You'd have him paid out in four and a half years. Versus getting a loan, per se. Exactly. And he'd get his money really, really fast that way. But you're living on a a wage to get till you get him off your back. But if profits go down, you're only committed to give him a percentage of profits. So you're you're not bankrupt then. SBA will come take your house, dude. Fake it till you make it. It's popular career advice, but it doesn't work for very long. If you don't love what you do, you can't fake the enthusiasm and energy you need to win at work. You also can't fake your physical health and energy. Everybody knows we should eat more fruits and veggies, but fruit chews and veggie chips don't count. If you aren't winning physically, I promise you're limiting your opportunities to win professionally. Folks, I know you're going hard right now to pay off debt and get ahead professionally. You need another gear. And that's why Balance of Nature will help you. They help me. They give me the benefits of fresh, whole fruits and veggies in just seconds. The blend of 31 different fruits and veggies is powdered 
in an advanced process that locks in the nutrients. So go to balanceofnature.com and enter the promo code RAMSEY to get 35% off your first order and lock in a lifetime price as a preferred customer. That's balanceofnature.com with the promo code RAMSEY for 35% off your first order. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Well, it's Christmas time. Merry Christmas. You can get meaningful gifts for Christmas during our $12 sale right now. Our best-selling books, The Total Money Makeover, Baby Steps Millionaires, John's number one bestseller, the first one he did, Own Your Past, Change Your Future, all just $12. The questions for human cards, conversations, the Christmas edition is back. Uh, they sold out really quick last year. We've got the New Year's Eve edition to, for your friends and family. It's a lot of fun. Meaningful gift for everyone there. Check it out, RamseySolutions.com slash store. Maggie's in Atlanta. Hi, Maggie. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, Dave. Thanks so much for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Hey, so I'm just calling today. I've been listening for about two to three months now. Um, I'm 20 years old. I've been doing an every dollar budget uh, for about a month now, and I am needing to get my own place um, in, I mean, ASAP. And I don't even know the first place to start preparing for it. Um, My income is fairly low. And my monthly bills are pretty high, so I just wanted to call in and and what is your income? advice. My income is um, twenty three hundred monthly. What do you do? Um, I process medical records right now. Okay, and you're twenty years old. Yes, sir, twenty, and I only have a high school a high school diploma. Okay, are you looking for new work? Because your income sucks. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it does. Um, I, I, I've been looking around to see what I can do. Um, but with no, no degree and no degrees, not a hold back at all. Yeah. I, I live in rural oh, Tennessee. Okay. I saw a sign the other day that said McDonald's said $20 an hour. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I, I do have a side hustle that I am starting. Um, after the holidays are over, I'm starting a side hustle and that'll be like $15 an hour, but that's Mm -hmm. only the weekend that I can do a side hustle because my job now is a nine to five. So what, what happens after five? After five, after five is when you work from 5am to 9am when you're broke. That's when you work. Yeah. Um, I do have a, well, I kind of have a one-year-old, my boyfriend, um, has a you can't kind of a have a one-year-old. That's impossible. <laughs> that that's impossible. That's that's physically impossible. You do. It's not well, your baby. It, you're saying. Yes. Your boyfriend yes, has a one-year-old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's I've not. I'm sorry, baby. You're mm-hmm. broke. You're not. You're not babysitting your mm-hmm. boyfriend's kid when you're broke, and you got to get a place to live, and you don't have. You don't have the money, right? I don't think I have the money to no. No. Um, right now, I'm living with my sister. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been out on my own since I was like 17, 18. Mm-hmm. I've been living in people's rooms and just renting rooms. Mm-hmm. And now I kind of want a place for just me and my boyfriend and his son. No, 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 no. You're not in a position to, to be taking care of people. No, no, no. If, if, he, if he wants to get married and take care of you, we'll talk about it. What does he mm-hmm. make? He's not working right now. Oh, He's this is real good. Um, Maggie. 
Maggie, are you He's hearing yourself out loud? A firefighter, yes, sir. I, yeah, yes, sir. If you were, yes. if you, if you were talking to your daughter and your daughter was you, you'd smack her. Well, I wish my mama would have. Yeah, I know, but I mean, you, you, you listen to yourself. I'm yeah, going to move in with uh, a guy who has a one-year-old and doesn't work, and I have to oh, take well, care of the kids, and I'm supposed together. to take care of these people. I, I think you need to go somewhere where there's grown-ups. He's he. Why he's not working right now is he's he's becoming a firefighter. So he that doesn't start until the beginning of January though. So right now he's just waiting to see. So right now he's not in school to be a firefighter. He's only waiting for which firehouse he's going to be doing. So why is he sitting on his butt during Christmas? Yeah, yeah, it's a good question. He should be really. He should be driving for Uber from five to eight. 5 a.m. to 8 a.m. You want to date my daughter, you work. And then work all day and then delivering pizzas at night because that's what men do when they don't have a job and they have a one-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. And he hasn't he hasn't worked for about like eight months now. I can almost um, guarantee you, I can almost guarantee you he's not going to the fire academy. You know how I know? Firemen don't live mm-hmm. like that. That's not the character of a fireman. I know those men and those women. They have, they have, they work their fire shifts, and then they have another job, and they have another job on top of that. You know why? Because they are so invested in working and going out and serving their communities. I can almost guarantee you, he won't go to the fire academy. No, he's already gone, hadn't he? Well, he's waiting to hear back. See, oh, he, he hasn't has started yet. No, Dave, he's, he hasn't even no. started the fire academy yet. He hasn't worked for eight no. months. That, that oh, tells he, oh me, I thought he just finished. He was waiting to get a job. Wait, hold on. He has a one-year-old. How has he not worked for eight months? Have you supported him? Yeah. Oh, well, my. Kind of, his mom His mom does a lot, and then Maggie, um, Maggie, his, honey. His, 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 Maggie, please. Talk, listen to two old farts, okay? Both of us have daughters. Mm-hmm. Run, run. As fast as you can. Run. Oh no! Yes. Oh yes. yes. I don't think I can do that. Okay. No. I'm sorry. I can't help you, darling. You're running blind into the wall, and you're going. You're going. You're going to blow the car up when you hit it. Oh, I'm sorry, honey. You you've been a survivor. You bounced from room to room. You left home at 17 years old. Your mama didn't tell you not to do this stuff. Two guys who love you and love our daughters are telling you if you were our daughter, we would get rid of Mr. Fireman. He he would just disappear somewhere. We wouldn't be able to find him. You're being preyed and upon, so, sweetheart. I'm telling you, this is not going to happen. All right, and so uh, you, you need an uh, ugly, angry older brother or father like one of us, and we would tell him to go away. And if he didn't, we'd help you go away because you got the stuff to go get it done in the marketplace, girl. You can go out there, get you three jobs, get you an apartment, start you a life, start taking a degree field. I'll send you a copy of Ken Coleman's book, From Paycheck to Purpose. You can start working on your career. You're sharp talking to you, but your judge of men is sucks. And when you have a man with a one-year-old who's responsible, he doesn't work for eight months, we call that a deadbeat, a burnout. And if you ever listen to me talk or listen to my show, I'm overly compassionate. And I've got zero compassion for a man who's got a toddler who's letting a 20-year-old girl living in her sister's house take care of them. Zero. None. Zero, zero, zero. You have a daughter. You have a child. Yeah. My goodness. I, 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 Please, Maggie. He should be ashamed of himself, man. But But you're you're not going to do it, and you're going to learn the hard way, and you're going to call me up at 25, and you're going to go, yeah, you were right, and now I've got all this debt because I went and bought him a car, 
and um, and we rented an apartment, and he didn't pay the bill, and the landlord threw us out, and I've got a judgment lien from the landlord, and you're going to be that caller if you go through with this. Please do not go move in with this guy. If you don't dump him, that's your business. Uh, I think you're on the way to dumping him. You should be, but it, but for sure, for God's sake, quit giving him money and don't move in with him. So, and let's say this. So, for those of you who have grown up the last five or six years, you like Maggie, you're on your own, you're bouncing from room to room to room, and you spend a lot of time on social media. It appears that things just happen. It appears that bills just get paid. And what you're finding out is, oh, I only make twenty three hundred dollars. But I have a, an inside job in a medical community, um, and it feels like I'm connected to something bigger, and I'm not working at McDonald's, for God's sakes, or I'm not going to throw boxes at Walmart. I would never do that. And you're going to realize that things don't just happen. You have to make enough money. It's a math problem. To make enough money to pay for your rent and for your water and for your food and for your electricity and for your car, all these things are very expensive, which means you got to go get one job. You got to get two jobs. You got to get three and then jobs. And you develop a plan that is a career where you don't have to work 80 hours a week. There you go. But it takes a few years to get into that. But most of us um, that are older than 30 have worked more than 40 hours, like more than 80 hours, the first five years of our working life. Or 10 of our life. Um, or more. Yeah. And so... Um, and and that's not a, a, a you're, 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 you have no life balance. No, I have a life that you wish you freaking had. I can tell you that. You just wish you had a tenth of my life. But I've worked my tail end off to get here. That was a good self-censor, Dave. I got that. You got it. it. Just right there. <laughs> right yeah. there. Right there. This is The Ramsey Show. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen. If you can't even remember the last time you had half an hour to yourself, be honest. Ask why. It's probably because everyone else's schedules, priorities, and emergencies are driving your life. And when you can't keep carrying that load, talking to a professional therapist can be a game changer. Therapy can be a place to work through your challenges with time, boundaries, commitments, and your own self-worth. Therapy can be incredible for figuring out what even makes you happy anymore and how to go make that happen. If you're thinking of starting therapy, try BetterHelp. Because therapy isn't just for people who've experienced trauma. It's great for building skills to be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is completely online, so it's flexible enough to fit your schedule. Just fill out a short questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra cost. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888 This show has um, become inordinately successful with 30 million of you so or so out there in a given month um, on YouTube's you know, podcast on uh, the various platforms, the 680 radio stations that carry us, because we understand that personal finance is not math. The problem with my money is the guy I shave with. The mathematics of becoming wealthy are somewhere 
you learn them somewhere around the sixth grade. This is not an intellect problem. This is a behavior problem. If I can get the moron in my mirror to behave, he can be skinny and rich. But he's got issues. And he engages in stupid people tricks to the extent that I have dysfunction in my relationships, I'm going to struggle to build wealth. To the extent that I have dysfunction in my behaviors, like a lack of work ethic, a lack of integrity, uh, other character issues, I'm going to struggle to build wealth. Um, to the And so there is a tie-in between your emotional well-being, your relational acumen, uh, that is more predictive of your ability to become wealthy than your income. In other words, you, it doesn't matter what you make if you're addicted to cocaine, you're going to lose everything. 100% of addicts, as an example of this discussion, end up broke eventually. 100% eventually, some in 10 months, some in 10 years, and they lose everything. That's a misbehavior that caused that. It's not a math problem that caused that. It wasn't they didn't understand how mutual funds work. It wasn't that they didn't earn an income. A lot of cocaine addicts earn a great income, um, and, and they hide their addiction. But if, if you don't know how to interact with the opposite sex and you continually choose poorly in your mate, you are going to make it almost impossible to create a sustainable financial life. And I, isn't that weird? Yeah. And I'm just haunted by like that last call haunts me because when you say it, like you don't, you won't accept this from your, for your own child. Everyone goes, no, I would never accept that. But you just become blind to it, and you just keep doing it, and you just keep doing it, and you keep doing it, and you wonder. You keep going back to the 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 money the money issue. Why are we broke? Why are we broke? Why are we broke? You gotta you gotta let this predator who is preying on you and your time. Uh, you gotta let him go. I ain't doing that. All right. Well, there's not there's not like a crypto secret we can tell you to help you make money. There's not like a budgeting hack we can give you. Um, you and him have to go work. It's just tough, man. If, if you're not connected well, I mean, with your spouse, yeah, you're going to have trouble. Be, it, it can be a relational thing. I mean, it, it's, um, you know, one of the jokes that we had in the early days of the show was, you know, if you marry a woman that, that likes spending, you better enjoy working. <laughs> right. You know? And so, uh, but it's also the opposite way. Absolutely. Obviously. Um, if you marry a man that likes spending, you better enjoy working. Uh, and, and so, cause you can't, but you can't earn it and you can't keep up. And the correlation among millionaires between spouses that work together and that both shoulder the load together, it's almost a hundred percent of them. Yeah. There are very few people build wealth, dragging a deadbeat along, uh, or dragging someone who's misbehaving in some area of their life along someone who won't work, someone who, uh, can't tell the truth, someone that won't file their taxes, uh, someone that, uh, you know, lies all the time. Uh, you know, you, you just these dysfunctional people that are in all of our lives to the extent that they are, uh, that we're wrapped up with them, 
pretty much ensures that we're going to create a a situation where we can't build a sustainable financial situation. Yeah. One of the reasons I've been able to build wealth is my wife is a freaking rock. Right. She's a rock. I mean, the number, the amount of drama in 43 years I've had at home when I got home at night with little kids at home was precisely zero. Yeah. The I only mean, drama in my house, I bring it. <laughs> occasionally there was drama before I got there. Right. But it's not like wait till your daddy gets home. No. Fear the wrath of Sharon instead. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like I, there is not a. I, you know, I, I was not having to carry three or four things around while I was at work. I was carrying work around, and it's why we were able to make such progress. Yeah, it's it's fun. They they say that the one of the the greatest um, determinants for joy, happiness in your life, is marrying well. It's the most important decision you make because marrying poorly, um, it's disproportionate how bad your life is, and marrying well, it's disproportionate how wonderful it makes your life. But our friend Dr. Henry Cloud with the book Boundaries, whether it is your marriage partner or not, just the other people in your life. Your business partner, your, that, your buddy. That will suck yeah. the marrow out of your bones right. because you won't put up a boundary. Right. Or for some reason don't know to put up a boundary. You weren't raised in such a way. Well, I was raised, you always take care of daddy. Well, uh, did you notice that your daddy is a problem? <laughs> right. Or, um, well, that's just so-and-so. Like, stop. That's just I, the way he is. I, I would love a, a great exercise for folks is to write down the, the top five to 10 to 15 people in your life. They can be coworkers. They can be family members. They can be friends. If you're lucky, you got 10 in this current world we live in. If, you got, if you're, you're exceptionally lucky, if you got 15. Write them down and just draw a line across the paper and say vampire or contributor is this a person that when i get done being around them i'm just like ugh, or i get done being around them and i can't wait to go hang out again they are somebody that that brings me up and i i challenge you in 2024 to find opportunities to be around vampire people less yeah and be around those who pour into you who are excited who challenge you more and that doesn't mean you get along all the time like some of the people who contribute most of my life man we are buttonheads all the time and i love them and I, I believe this very similar things with some of the most vampiric people. I just made that word up. That just you get done, you're just like, golly, dude. I feel like I was just slogging through quicksand. Well, I mean, when you come out of a meeting or you come out of a social uh, gathering with someone and you feel like you need to take a shower, I don't want to repeat this. Right. I'm done. Right. And my wife's like, well, we need to be nice. No, I don't need to be nice. <laughs> we need to be I, nice to us I'm so that we can I'm not going to be nice. nice. I can be nice from a further distance. <laughs> I'll wave from over there, you know? But this this close physical proximity with slime is a problem. Yeah, you know, and it's uh, you know, and it's okay. I'm not. I'm, it's not that I'm a snob. No, I like you, but not, I'm not gonna hang out. With you. Yeah, I'm. I'm it's it, it's. Uh, I can be nice to you. Yeah. I can help you. I love you. I'm not gonna. I can encourage you, but I'm not going. You're not gonna be part of my crew. That's right. Yeah, because you become who you hang around with. And if you find out that you're married to somebody who is more of a vampire than a contributor. This is the year. Let this be the year that you put that on the table and say, "Let's build something new. Let's let's build something new." Yeah, I'm taking your sharp teeth. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> or like the first caller of of this hour that I'm going to be clear for the first time because I find myself I don't like you. I don't want to be around you. The things you do annoy me, and I I I kind of hem and haw and hint. I've never just been honest with you. I've just never told you. Let's put all that on the table this year. Turn and the lights on. Decide to uh, heal this thing moving forward because at some point. 
Um, there are people on the margins that are struggling. That's not who I'm talking to. I'm talking to most of us. Most of us at some point choose the relationships we have. Mm-hmm. And we choose the, the dance that we choose to do in those things. And at some, at some point, somebody's well, got to pull, pull the, pull the ripcord and say, this, this one's over. This one's over. We're going to build well, something and, new. And the reason for the sidebar right now is this. This is the time of year to look at this and say, okay, I want you to leave from this little, little rant that we've done for the last five minutes. I want you to leave with this idea. Who you hang around with and who you are going to create relationship with is 100x more important towards whether you're able to build wealth than whether you understand how a mutual fund works or what your income is. They're going to screw up your life if you let them. This is The Ramsey Show. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, host of The Dr. John Deloney Show, one of our more popular podcasts on the Ramsey Network's number one best-selling author of Building a Non-Anxious Life is the latest number one that we did with him. It's a great book. He's my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Merry Christmas, America. Travis is in Baltimore. Hi, Travis. How are you? Hey, John. Thanks for having me. Sure. Um, I'll make this as quick as I can. Um, 31 years old, married. We have two kids. We don't own a home yet. Um, currently, five weeks into Financial Peace University, um, we've paid off $1,000 of our debt so far. Um we have currently $44,000 in debt. Um, my question for you is, um, my previous employer had a profit sharing system set up. Uh, so um, in March, I've been away from them for a year now. I went back over the road. Um, so in March, I can decide whether I want to roll that money over to something or if I want to cash out however I want to do it. I have $51,000 in that account. Should I... Or could I use that money to wipe out baby step number two and start baby step number three and three B? I think that's a qualified plan, meaning it's a reti- type of retirement plan. Am I right? Yes. So if you cash it out early, you're going to get a 10% penalty plus your tax rate. So uh, what do you make a year? What's your household income? Um, so I make 100000 My wife works part-time. She makes about twenty. Okay. All right. And so you're in 35% tax bracket. So you're going to pay 35% plus 10% on the money. So it's kind of mathematically like asking, hey, Dave, I want to borrow money at 45% interest to pay off some of my debt. That would be a dumb thing, right? Mm-hmm. So we're not going to do that. Yeah, we're going, okay. to, we're going to roll it over, uh, go to Ramsey Solutions and click on Smart Vester Pro and find a good uh, a, a good financial broker in your area that we recommend that you can sit down with and help you do that rollover and you need to roll it over into an IRA and not pay any taxes on it at all and let it grow. I just don't want to give up half the money or so to the government in the name of getting right. out of debt. That's a bad plan. So, uh, what, but you're making 120 and you only owe 44, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and you're just getting started. So the good news is you've gone into attack mode, and if you just keep turning up the heat on the attack mode, you'll probably be debt-free in under two years. Okay. Hey, Travis, can I challenge you a bit? I'm sorry? Can I challenge you a little bit? 
Sure. Um, you've been in the week. You've been in the class five weeks. Yeah, tonight is uh, week number five. Yes. Excellent. So you make one hundred twenty grand. How have you only paid off a hundred? I mean, how have you only paid off a thousand bucks? Do you have a pretty expensive lifestyle you're living? Um. Well, no. Uh, we we started uh, budgeting with every dollar, um, and we literally just started. Okay. Literally this, this yeah. Month. So it, John, John's been, uh, point is this: if you look at the big number, one twenty minus forty four would be like seventy six thousand. If you lived on seventy six thousand for one year, you'd be debt free, not counting taxes. Right. Okay, right. Um, so that that's his point, and that's not one thousand dollars a month. That's more like four thousand dollars a month. So um, yeah. I challenge you to get radical. Find what you can sell in your house. Do you have tractors? I want you to lean guitars. down. What yeah, do you got? I, I, that's what I'm saying. I think you're going to lean down into that budget. If you did it in two years, that's two thousand dollars a month. But a thousand dollars a month is not enough out of your budget you need to cut more than that and get after the debt so uh but all of that to say that's the way to go john's exactly right and let's go ahead and roll that money over so you don't give the government half of that and go and then just you know beans and rice rice and beans we're not going out to eat uh, we're not going on vacation we're going to attack this using the every dollar budget and we're going to get it cleared up and for the first time in your life you're going to be free and it's going to be worth it it's going to be a complete pain in the butt for the next 18 to 24 months, but it's going to be worth it. Hey, thanks for calling in, man. Joe's with us in Atlanta. Hi, Joe. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, uh, hey, Dave. Hey, John. Nice to talk to you guys. You too. What's up? Yes. So I got a question. This is about 529 plans. Um, I have two kids, 1614, and then we just found out we have two coming next year, so we'll, we'll have a total of four. Yay! All right. Uh, yeah, 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 pretty exciting. Um, <clears throat> once we got over the shock of having two at a time. But um, so my question is, we uh, we have a surplus of funds for this year. We are 100% debt-free, no mortgage, no cars, no debts of any kind, no credit card. I hate it when and, that happens. Uh, I know, it's it's hard. Way it to go. Hard. Would you run for Congress? <laughs> uh, if if, uh, if i had any interest i would <laughs> he's like man i'd rather uh, i was thinking dave but i'm also thinking about setting myself yeah, on fire <laughs> yeah 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 um so my question is on the, the georgia 529 plan it's uh tax deductible up to eight thousand per kid per year mm-hmm. and well, we can only have two right now because i think you need a social security number for each account you, set you do up. That's right. Um, would you recommend so we we have a good amount of extra um, just putting a lump? I know we can put more in than eight thousand. Would you consider putting like fifty grand in for each kid and just being done with it? Yeah. Uh, or put it somewhere else and then no. every year put a little bit more in. No, I mean you can do that. Uh, the the downside is five twenty nine, of course, has to be used for education, and any growth on the money is going to be taxed if you pull it out for something other than and penalized if you pull it out for something other than education. So sure. um, that that's your downside. So along with making a commitment to put fifty grand, which pretty well finishes it up if you're doing this for young children, that'll be it. They can right. cover they can cover undergrad with that. You're done. Check the box. You're out. Well, and I know. 
then they can. I'm not sure if this is a new rule, but you can do ten thousand a year for for a private school K through twelve. I believe that's that's true. That's what it is. So if we if yeah, we would do like high school private school, that's true. You, you 50, could drain it down doing that. Yeah. But but the uh, yeah. if you don't put them in private school and they don't go to college, you got some money trapped in there. That's my only point, and that's okay. Yeah. We just say that out loud, right. which means when I started my kids' college funds, they were young like yours, and I just brainwashed them. I said, "This is your college fund." college fund yeah. it's your college fund which presupposes you're going to college and so mm-hmm. you know now we're not going to college to study left-handed puppetry we're going to go study something that actually works in the marketplace right we don't want to get some right, nuanced right. useless freaking degree and then be a barista that's not the plan <laughs> but uh but yeah, yeah. We, we but yeah all of that yeah i would do that i would do that and now with a georgia okay. 529 do not do the prepaid tuition you do not do that you're investing in mutual funds that you control the options and that you can decide where they go to school. You're not you're not trapped in with prepaid. Don't do prepaid. That's a not a good deal because the rate of returns suck on that. So um, and your options are very limited. So good question, man. Thanks for calling. Thank you for joining us, America. This is The Ramsey Show. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, is my co-host. Tonya is with us in Philadelphia. Hi, Tonya. What's up? Hi. um, So I'm calling because I have a question. So I'm 25 years old. I'm a single mother. Um, My income is about $47,000 a year. Um, And I have about $18,000. Um, in debt. Um, I have $16,000 of that is a vehicle that um, was, they have it as a repo on my credit because I had a car accident and it was totaled and the person who crashed me didn't have full coverage and I didn't have full coverage either. So I'm so they in a situation with, yeah, so I'm in a situation where the car that I have right now uh, it has 192,000 miles on it, so it's going out on me, and I'm in need of a new vehicle. And being that I have that repo on my credit, um, I'm having a hard time getting approved for uh, another vehicle. Good. It's the greatest thing that ever happened to you, honey. Last thing mm-hmm. you need is a car payment, kiddo. You're broke. Yeah. But you do need a car. Yes. Wait, okay. when you say it's going out on you, my truck has 197,000 miles on it. Is it just ugly or is it no, falling apart? No, it's not ugly. The, um, it's just starting to fall apart on me. Like I just put 1,500 into it trying to fix it and it's still giving me problems. Okay. All right. So, so the car is probably worth what, $2,000? No, not even. With the problems yeah. that it has. And you said you even. make what? For about 47. Okay. How many kids you got? Just one. How old? He's three. He's four. Okay. Four. Who watches him when you work? Um, He is at a daycare. Okay. So, um, yeah. Because I'm, the reason I'm asking is I'm trying to find you some money because I want you to scrape together. Like you found the 1500 to fix the car. I yes. want you to scrape together 1500 to $2,000 sell your car for $2,000 and buy a $4,000 car, which is a whole okay. lot better than you've got now, but no car payments. Okay. And then I want you to do that again about a year from now. Okay. And keep, I don't want you to drive that car the rest of your life, 
but it, yeah. but car payments are going to hold you back so much. It sounds like it's going to be, you're just so sick of having a crappy car that's unreliable yeah. and the stress that goes with that, that it makes you jump ahead and in your mind, just having something that's reliable is worth the pain of the payment. And I'm trying to tell you before you get there, it's not. Yeah, no, I'm just getting to the point where, like, I'm a little frustrated. Yeah, you know, I no, you're a lot, lot frustrated. I would be. I'm frustrated, frustrated with you. A, yeah, I, I, I understand, and I agree with so. your frustration. I don't want it to lead you to a bad decision, and it's about to. So let's avoid car payments. Yeah. I'm so glad you did not get approved, because if you had gotten approved, it would have been at a high ripoff subprime interest rate because you have a repo on your record. Yeah. And so you would have been screwed double. Yeah. Yeah, don't do that to yourself. Let's go pay cash okay. for a the, the, the difference in a $4,000 car and a $2,000 car is very dramatic. Yeah. Okay. Now, are okay. you in a good church? Um, I do. I do attend okay. a church. Do you have I some do. guys around anywhere that could be your ugly uncle for a day or two and help <laughs> you help you pick out a reliable car? Uh, and and uh, not let someone mess with you because they think they can, but instead yeah. the ugly uncle standing there uh, <laughs> and, and saying, you know, uh, this is this car is not real pretty, but it's a really good, reliable mechanical car. That's the one you buy when you're buying a four thousand dollar car. We're not trying to buy a sex appeal. We want reliability. Of course, yeah. And, and sometimes when you're negotiating with someone on that, people are sexist. Mm-hmm. And and they yeah. they'll do stuff for an old ugly uncle they wouldn't do for a sweet young lady. Yeah. Or put a note in your church bulletin, or let your folks know I'm looking for a, a great thirty five hundred dollar car with a three year old, and I need a reliable four thousand dollar car. Would someone help me find one? Okay. You'll have people that raise their hand. Yeah, you, you might have somebody give you one. Hey, and okay. by the way, you don't like asking for help, do you? I'm not. Um, I am actually a police officer, so that's. Um, you don't like it's really hard for, for me to be that kind of person to you know like reach out and ask for help. All right, hold on. Um, I want so, to. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is important. You have cast quote unquote those kind of people as people who ask for help. Yeah. I want you to reframe that. I want okay. you to know that the wisest people I know ask other wise people for support and help about things they don't know. Okay. And so it's not those people that ask for help. It's you. It's me. It's Dave. It's all mm -hmm. of us. The wisest okay. people I know reach out to other wise people and say, hey, what do you think about this? Can you help me out with this? And yeah. so this yeah. is you yeah, stepping like, into I don't a whole go, I don't go in and negotiate on something myself, and I'm a really good business guy and a real good negotiator, but I don't go into an, an, a, a, an item or a situation that I know nothing about. The ex I don't have any expertise in. I bring along the old ugly uncle myself. Okay. And, and that's and, a really and, ugly uncle for Dave to bring. <laughs> 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 if Dave says he's an ugly uncle, oh, right. my God. Yeah, well, yes, yeah. That, I mean, you know, that's you bring in the heavy. You bring in somebody beside you. And so if I'm negotiating on a tech thing, I don't know nothing about tech. I got 400 people at work here that do that, though. And so I'm going to bring in my top guy who's going to razzle-dazzle him with his academic and says all the tech words, right? right? And and they're like, oh, God, these people know what they're doing, you know. But when they're looking at me, they're pretty sure I don't. Well, and similarly, um, 
I, I guess I guess the uh, the appearance is we have all the answers to every one of life's questions. A bunch of acres behind my place went up for sale, and I immediately thought, oh yeah, I know a guy. His name's Dave, and I work with him. And so I said, Dave, this is what they're asking, and you said, that's too much. And so I moved on, right? And so it's it's every wise person I know asks other wise people. I don't know anybody that knows Middle Tennessee real estate better than you do, and so. Why would I, I'd be foolish to not ask, ask you that question, right? So ask people in your life for support and help however you can, man, yeah. whether it's wisdom or whether it's, Hey, I need you to come help me do this thing do that this I can't, I, you can do it better. I can do it better with you than I can do it by myself. That's right. And that's all we're saying. And yeah. Yeah. And thank you. Thank you for being a policeman in Philadelphia. Police woman in police, Philadelphia. Police yeah. person, whatever we call that. I don't know. I cannot figure out how to do it. But anyway, the, uh, uh, <laughs> but anyway, I was trying to be nice, and then John screwed it up, got no, all woke. So, yeah. All right. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Open phones at 888-825-5225. So, guys, here's the thing. Cars, her situation with cars is a big deal. We did the exact thing. I did exactly this. A guy loaned me a car that was probably worth $300 because I didn't have a car. Well, I had one, and I needed a second one. And it was a 1978 Cadillac with 478,000 actual miles on it. The vinyl roof was torn loose across the front, so when you drove it, it filled up with air and looked like a flying parachute, and the predominant color was Bondo. That's the car I was driving. When you're driving that car, anything is moving up. A $1,000 car is... is A $1,000 car is moving way up. And I got a $1,000 car. I did. And I gave my buddy his car back. It was a loaner. He loaned it to me for a month. And I found $1,000 miraculously because I wasn't driving that. I can I mean, see you the honking. I've been driving a Jaguar. And I went bankrupt. And now I'm driving Bondo buggy with a parachute on top. And But I drove it to $1,000. And then three months later, I bought a $3,000 car. Five months later, I bought a $10,000 car. And every time I just move up a little bit, but the difference in a $10,000 car and a $1,000 car is very dramatic. It's significant. Yeah. It's very dramatic. I could just, And I, none of that was with car payments. I, could I did it. Picture so you I driving down you the street, do honking the horn. Look, Sharon, I got a $1,000 When you pull car. up to the stoplight and your top is settling and people are looking at you, you just turn up the rap music, right? I mean, come on, man. This is the Ramsey Show. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. Merry Christmas. The Ramsey Show Question of the Day is sponsored by Neighborly, your hub for home services from repairs and maintenance to remodeling and upgrades. Neighborly's trusted home service providers have trained local experts to handle almost any job. Great company. Download the Neighborly app and connect today. All right, today's question comes from Sandra in Florida. Sandra writes, my spouse's spending is crippling our finances and our marriage. Each month we have only about five to six hundred left after monthly bills and minimum debt payments, and we only have a thousand dollars saved. I've tried to speak lovingly to my husband and let him know how much the overspending scares me and affects my mental health. I've also had moments of frustration and have blamed him for financial struggles, which I realize is not a healthy approach. Seems all my efforts and approaches are futile. I understand the Ramsey principles behind joint accounts and have lived this way for years, but at what point in my marriage do I say enough and separate myself financially? Right before divorce. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we're here. I think we're close. 
This is way bigger, Dave, than uh, I'm glad she I'm glad she had the courage to write is crippling our finances and our marriage because this type of behavior tells me there's other issues in that marriage. It's not just money. Yeah, this guy is um, kind of got the axis of the world stopped through the top of his head. Mm. Everything spins around him. He's the most important thing that ever lived. I'm telling you. His mama told him that. Yep. And um, and now um, nobody tells him anything. Yeah. Um, I just can't imagine, Dave. I, again, I don't have a psychology for this. I can't imagine Sheila taking me out and saying, um, anything I'm doing, you're scaring me to death. And me going, yeah, I don't care. I, I, I just, <laughs> I don't have that in my, I don't have that in my body. I don't understand that. I don't understand how you could respond to, to anybody that way. If, mm-hmm. if the, if the waitress at, at Waffle House sat down and said, Hey, the way you're doing things scares me and I, I'm not, I don't feel safe. I, I don't think I could be like, I don't care. Like, I, I just don't have that in me, man. So I don't understand this dude at all. What a scumbag. I just don't get it. Don't get it. So, um, Yeah, the, the, it could be just an immaturity. Could be a lot of things. Um, in all seriousness, all once I get past all my frustration and my name calling, but um, the um, so there's two issues with this email. Number one, uh, you guys need to sit down with a marriage counselor, and if he won't go, go by yourself, so that you can start to get language to how you're going to decide how much longer you're going to do this. Uh, because my experience with this, and I'm not a counselor and I'm not trained like John is, but for 30 years I've done this and sat with couples, and my experience is particularly ladies, more so than men, uh, they reach an end point and it boils and boils and boils, and then suddenly they go over the edge and the switch flips. And once it flips, there's no getting her back. Right. She's done. When she's done, she's like, like, roadkill it's over it's done and you can't get it back and you're going to reach that boiling point if you don't do it intentionally with some help with a good coach a good marriage counselor to give you words to do this in a very wise and reasonable way it's all it's going to sneak up on you and him and you're just going to go i'm done when somebody says the word futile everything i've tried yeah is for not is for nothing now that's lost hope that's lost hope that's right And uh, so you're, you're getting really close, and I'm telling you, if there's a chance that you save this marriage, it's going to be with some help guiding you through how to communicate to him if you can get through to Jello Brain here and get him to do this, okay? Now, if you can and you turn it around, that's great. That's thing one. That's the route to go. Hidden inside of this email is the question that I've been asked a bunch of times. It's a separate issue. That's how can I handle my money separately in a messed up marriage and it be okay and the answer is you can't you've got to make the marriage okay if you want to have prosperity in your relationships and prosperity in your net worth it has to be done from a functional standpoint not surviving uh, a bunch of misbehavior and still prospering in spite of it that just doesn't happen in my experience, we, we see almost never does someone overcome this guy not changing and somehow you create a tactical way to separate your money and 
while you're still married to him and he continues to do the exact same thing, somehow you go off and become a millionaire. That does not happen. That's just, that's mythology. There's not a tactic, a legal document, a process that causes you to be able to swim with an anchor around your ankle. And, and so you guys have got to work through this or work your way out of it to be able to have a great life for both of you. And he's, I think it's important to call out this husband is not um, being a person of fidelity. He is not upholding the marriage vows that said till sickness, um, to sickness and health, um, till death do us part. Um, this is ours, mine is yours and yours is mine. He's not doing that. Um, he's saying, I really don't care about you. I just don't. I just don't. Um, and uh, it breaks my heart for you, Sandra. Breaks yeah. my heart. Sad. Very sad. Josh is in Illinois. Hi, Josh. What's up? Hi, Dave. I really appreciate you giving me your time. I'm going to try to make this quick. Sure. So in 2021, uh, so my family and I have always used a tax assistant uh, to file our taxes. Now, in 2021, apparently the taxes of both my dad and myself were filed incorrectly. Um, and basically, it's showing on... At first, the CP2000 notice, now it's CP3219A, uh, it's showing uh, $0 was shown on return for several of my employers, and then when it says reported by others, and then it gives how much money I, I paid. And the increase in tax or the deficiency on this is $9,548, and then a substantial tax understatement penalty is $583. Now... My question is... So the guy have, that did your have, taxes calculated your taxes wrong? Uh, that may very well be the case. And actually, Is that what you're telling me? Um, I'm asking you. I'm making sure I understand what you're saying. Yes, yes. The taxes were filed incorrectly. Okay. And so you have a $10,000 tax bill that you didn't think you had. Right. And uh, this was from 2021. And ever since 2021, even though they just found it, they've been charging interest and yeah, that's what they do. Like that. Yeah. yeah. But, but, uh, the, now, but the bottom line is, is if they had been filed correctly, you would have owed $10,000. Uh, correct. We, we received, um, we received a refund that we probably should not have received yet. Right. And did you go and have you had another tax professional look at the return and make sure that the IRS is uh, proclamation is accurate. Yes, sir. And, and here's the thing, actually, we, we know it's, we know that this is accurate because, um, it, it was a lady that did our returns that year. We are actually doing business right now with her sister. And not only did this original lady ghost our family over all this, she's not even talking to her sister anymore. And her and her sister had a fallen out. That that doesn't mean anything. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I'm asking the question: Have you had a tax professional that knows what the flip they're doing this time? Actually, go over this return and verify that you do owe nine thousand five hundred dollars plus penalties. Yes, and so the sister is reliable. Right. Yes. You think? Why is she an enrolled agent, a CPA? What is she? Uh, She is an enrolled agent. Okay. All right. So you had a tax bill all along. You just didn't know it, and it's cost you five hundred bucks. In addition to that, uh, you're just Correct. gonna pay it, man. I mean, not a lot you can do about this. They're not liable for your tax bill because they calculated it wrong. 
Are they liable for the penalty? Maybe. You might get 500 bucks out of them, but I, it's not worth the dadgum trouble. Everybody in this story makes no sense. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I, I, I would just pay it. I mean, you could get an attorney try to get 500 bucks out of the deadbeat if you want, but I don't. That's not. You'll pay more than $500 in fees. You're going to have to pay more than $500 to have the meeting. This is the Ramsey Show. All right, let's cut to the chase. It's easy to get discouraged about crazy house prices and interest rates. But when you have the right real estate agent to help you buy and sell the right way, you'll have confidence to make smart decisions. Ramsey trusted agents aren't just experts who guide you through buying or selling. They're someone you can trust to have your back from the first call to closing day. Find a Ramsey trusted agent near you at RamseySolutions.com slash agent. RamseySolutions.com slash agent. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Renee and Edward are with us in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Hey, guys, how are you? Okay, we're good. good. How are you? Good. How can we help? Well, so last year, my wife rented an apartment, and the uh, she's really sick. She has mold poisoning. She went, and the property manager guaranteed her an apartment that was mold-free, uh, she moved in, uh, three weeks later, had to move out, go to the emergency room, extremely sick from mold. She hired a independent mold inspector who came in, found, you know, test results showed that the place was unlivable, uh, toxic mold and needed remediation. So the property manager said she could move out, pay an extra month's rent and she'd release her from her lease agreement. Well, yesterday she, we get a call from the a uh, credit company, a uh, credit collector, and saying she owes them almost four thousand dollars, and um, it's five thousand. Well, right, they're willing to settle for thirty eight hundred. So I'm, I'm confused why your wife moved out and rented an apartment. I'm confused because we were separated. Oh, okay, that makes sense. And now you're back together, right? Um, yeah, because of this. Because of the mold. Uh, because I had nowhere to go. Oh, okay. So well, my question, Dave, is should – they're threatening that this – if she doesn't pay this, it'll ruin her credit, which is obvious. But should she pay them? Uh, should we fight it? Should she not worry about her credit? But I, uh, but I can't work right now. I'm still very, very sick, so I can't work. Okay. Um. Uh, what is your all's financial situation? I assume you don't have any money. Well, I mean, we're debt free. Uh, I work. He makes he makes good money. He, he makes plenty of money. Yeah, I mean, she she lives with me. Um, she she doesn't work. She, she's sick. Um, but when she gets well, she wants to move out. So she doesn't want her credit ruined. No. Okay. Well, obviously, the lesson learned is you didn't get it in writing. You got a verbal right. from the landlord, right? Right, right. So that's the lesson learned. This would have been a lot easier. Right. Uh, the landlord is an individual or a manager of a complex? He is the property manager of the complex, but not the property management company, which is the one trying to collect the right. know, the fees for the right. But this contract. guy's an employee of them. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Okay. All right. So, um, Hardball would sound like this. Uh, contact an attorney. Um, first thing I would do is the two of you 
get in the car and ride over and meet with this manager that made you this promise, okay, in person, and say, look, you told me we were out. Now I'm getting ha- hassled for five grand here. This isn't okay. the five, I'm not going to pay the five grand. You told me we were out. I'll put you on the stand as a witness, and if you, unless you're willing to perjure yourself, which is a criminal act, you will tell the court that you said I was out of the lease, at which point I will be out of the lease. And so you need to get with your team over here and get this collections effort stopped, and I need in writing from you in the next couple of days that this is all going away and there's no problem. If you do that, I will not sue you for my medical bills because you misled me and put me in an apartment with mold. If you do not do this, and I'm not out of this instantly, my attorney is going to sue you personally, sue your company for my lost wages and my medical bills and for release of this. But I don't want to play that. I would rather you just keep your word and your company keep your word and release me and we'll go on our way. Right. In person, very clear, do not raise your voice, do not use swear words, but very direct with deep eye contact representing anger. Okay. You follow me? So this was over a year ago, and that, that you know, that's assumption that that same... I don't care. This is your best place to start. This is the cheapest way to fix this. Okay. Because when, people that think when you get lawyers and you get into the court system that you get justice, there is no such thing. The only one that gets justice is the lawyer's kid whose tuition gets paid by you. Okay. This is not going to go anywhere else. So, but if you have to hire an attorney and go after these people, you go after them for your lost wages because they fraudulently misrepresented and cost you your health. So okay. we're not only going to go for release of the lease, we're going to go for compensation. On top of that, we're going to make your freaking life miserable if you make me make a hobby out of you. All right. All so, right. Yeah, okay. we, we don't want to do any of this. You don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. They don't want to do it. And they need to hear that real clearly from you. The best thing they can right. do is just get quickly get me a piece of paper that says I owe you zero, and I will simultaneously release you from your liability for lying to me and making me sick. Yeah. I'd probably have a manila okay. folder with your medical bills, the the report from the mold folks too. And I would ask him in that office to print off all of the bills he sent you over the last calendar year cuz it's probably going to be zero. Okay. All right. So so subsequent to that, let let's assume that that person is no longer employed there, which is most likely like the scenario. Well, then talk to the um, current manager there and tell them what happened and tell them what you're going to do and let that manager see if, if I'm the manager sitting there and you tell me that I'm going to the regional manager who turned this over to collections and go, look, the doofus that was here before me screwed this lady. She's giving us an opportunity to get off light. We need to let her go. Okay. Right. Okay. So in, in the event, they don't that, get a lawyer. Well, okay, but the collection guy, the guy from the collection company. He's an idiot. Said, of their, they're no longer involved. Like, it's now Bull in collections. Bull crap. Bull crap. That's what they all say. I don't give a crap. What the collection agency is an idiot. Just move on. That guy's he sits in a cubicle and calls people that don't pay their bills all day. He's got no power at all. Okay. The is company turned this over to collections. Like they did not sell it. They still own the problem. They just hired a hitman.
about that. The hitman's got no ability to do anything but pull the trigger. You don't negotiate with the hitman. You go to the mob boss and get the hitman called off. Yeah, and, you're right. And all of this sits on some manufactured principle you guys are carrying around that I just want to burst this little bubble for you. Who cares about your stupid credit? Nobody cares. Don't borrow money. And whenever you decide to move back out, you're going to need first and last month's rent. So you have to figure out work. You're going to figure out money. And then you're going to pay them. You're going to move on with your life. Yeah. Right, like, but if I don't have credit, how could I do that, right? You don't need credit. You don't need credit. It's a it's a myth. People buy people rent apartments every day without credit, with first and last month's rent. Well, really? Because yeah. everything I've ever tried, they wanted yeah. to to see my well, credit. Really, report, we called twenty two apartments the other day around here as a test and found every one of them but two would rent to you. And that was over the phone. <laughs> that was just over the phone. Without even tell, I mean, I'm move, I'm new. I'm moving to town. I'm moving out. My husband and I are separating. I'm, I've got a job. I make first and last month's rent. I got no credit, and they'll rent to you, you know, and just go on. Now, corporate idiots like you've been dealing with are the ones that won't. They'll pull a credit bureau on you. But look, you've got to go deal with this. If you don't deal with it, it's not going to get anything but worse. And so, get over there. Well, go. Why not? It's Christmas time. Go over there this week. Sit down. Go look. If it's the moron that was here before you, dude, it's not your fault. But he made a promise, and we're going to hold your company to that promise. Uh, and if you don't, then we're going to sue you for the health issues. And and you know, I don't. I'm I'm not contacting an attorney yet, but I'm leaving here and going to contact one unless you tell me you think you can get this fixed. And every email that was sent around this is going to be public record. Yep. So all those emails that he sent his bosses, everything and anybody ever said on a text all or text said messages, on an email is going to be court. part of the deposition. Let them know. We're going to completely give you an anal exam. That's what's going to happen. Get ready. And, and that that's how that's what lawsuits look like. There ain't no fun. Nobody enjoys the process. Oh, my gosh. This is The Ramsey Show. headquarters of Ramsey Solutions. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. I'm Dave Ramsey, your host, Dr. John Deloney. Ramsey Personality is our co-host today, number one best-selling author of the book, Own Your Past, Change Your Future, and the latest one, Building a Non-Anxious Life. He's also the host of the Dr. John Deloney Show, where we talk about mental health issues and relationship things. So we're here to help you today, guys. Merry Christmas. Glad you're with us. Ozzy is up this hour. Ozzy's in El Paso, Texas. Hi, Ozzy. How are you? He's going off the rails. Good to you, Phil, Dave. Thank you for uh, taking my call. This is really awesome. <laughs> cool. I was going to make help? an Ozzy Osbourne joke, but I screwed up. So there we go. What's up, Ozzy? <laughs> Hey guys, I started listening to you guys like uh, about three months ago with my wife. Uh, we saw you guys on YouTube, and I think this is the best thing ever. Well, thank um, you. Thank you, Dave. Uh, so we're working on uh, baby steps, and basically we have about $25,000 in student debt and $20,000 in car loans. And um, 
basically my question is, should I extend my lease in my apartment to pay those off and then get a house? Yes. Or should I put a down payment? Okay. Yeah. You, you, okay. I, we tell folks not to buy a house while you're in debt because it's okay. going to cause you to buy a different house than you would buy if you were debt-free. And if you move into a house with a bunch of student loan payments and a car payment, the first week you're there, the hot water heater will go out. Mm, Okay. Yeah, yeah, you just, you want to have everything cleaned up to where when you move into the house, the house is a blessing. So, yeah, extend your your lease and lean in, get on that every dollar budget, cut down to nothing on your lifestyle, and let's get this debt cleaned up as fast as you can. So it sounds like you got 40-something thousand in debt. Did I hear that right? Yes, sir. Okay, and what's your household income? Uh, we make about 120. Okay. So how fast do you think you're going to pay this off? Uh, really fast. <laughs> what's really I fast? Uh, I think maybe eight months. Eight? Yes. I love that. I you are down to nothing. I like <laughs> that it. a boy, man. Get it. That's, hey. that's intensity right there, man. And be weary of people who know how much money you make and are wondering why you're living like you're living, right? If you live Spartan, people are going to say like, man, you got all this money. You don't need to just put just your head, put down, your head and down and get it done. Keep it going. That's you, right. Man, that's a, that's the number right there. I love it. You can do this in one year or less. I'll call on you a stud. Okay. Have at it. Do it. That's the best thing you can do. The faster you get clear, the faster you get to save a down payment and an emergency fund and the faster you get your house. And so you're probably about two years from buying a house, which is perfectly fine. No problem with that at all. Charles is with us in Jacksonville, Florida. Hey, Charles, how are you? Doing well. Thanks so much, guys. Really uh, better than I deserve, I guess. And uh, just wanted to say thank you, first of all, Dave. We're on Baby Step 6. We've got six kids, and you've really just changed our lives, our family's lives. So first and foremost, thank you for, for all of that. Well, thank you. Way to go, man. I'm proud of you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So quick, quick question for you. We, I'm supporting my, my mom financially. She's got some retirement, but, but really kind of not a lot of savings. Um, we've been able to get her to pay off all her debt and just been very fortunate in, in bringing her on board as well. She does have a $200,000 whole life policy uh, that she got back in 1996. Oh She's gosh. probably put about, yeah, 60,000 or so into it at this point. Um, and it just jacked up in price. There's no cash value in it. So it's 425 a month, not something that there's no cash value. There's no cash value. Yeah. That's, that's, I've been looking into it. I I always knew it was there, but I I realized it was kind of a mess. And, um, you know, and, and what makes this more complicated is, is she and my dad had, uh, both got into this, um, back in 96 and he passed away about eight, nine years ago. And they had ended his um, policy 10 months before he passed away. So they sunk a lot of money into that one, too. But they couldn't afford it anymore. They, um, yeah. yeah, so, so you know. Okay, this is an not an investment. It's just a bad story. Yes. So just exactly cancel right. it. Just cancel it. Unless and she's, is she terminally ill? She's not, and we've looked at selling the policy. No, and no, don't don't get into viaticals. Just sell it. Just just close it. Just shut it down. Just a bad idea. You got a hole in your pocket. Quit putting money in the pocket. Yeah, absolutely. It's. Uh, is there any way to convert it into a term? I mean, is there anything we can do that? It, it's just no. It's got no cash value. If you convert it to a term, you got a term insurance policy on an old lady. 
It's going to be expensive. Yeah. I mean, yeah. life insurance is based on age. The older you are, the more likely you are to die, and the higher the premiums are. It's a pretty simple formula, right? Absolutely, and she's in relatively good health. So yeah, we so, I mean, if you, try to, if you try to get a term policy, that's what you're going to run into is my point. And she doesn't need a bunch of life insurance. She's not supporting yeah. anyone. If she passes away, you're taking care of her. Absolutely. I, I should say, I'm sorry, when she passes away, we all are going to pass away. None of us get out of sure. here. So, yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of, of timing. And, and the bottom line is, is she just owns a bad financial product that she never needed, but for sure doesn't need now. Absolutely. Yeah. Mourning the loss of that $60,000. Yeah, that's what's, that's what's causing you hesitation. You're still trying to get something out of this. It's a sunk cost. And, and say, God, we got screwed, and Let's I don't go. want to admit it. Right. Let's move on. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, I was I was ten at the time or whatever, right? And yeah, uh, certainly that sixty thousand could have grown to a lot more right now. I mean, I, you know, oh, I, it would have been it would have been a ton of money. Yeah, it would have had your mom and dad I mean, both would have had so much money if they'd have bought inexpensive term insurance and done real investing instead of getting screwed by some whole life agent, probably some guy they knew. Crazy that it's legal. And looking back, I mean, obviously I didn't know any of this when I was ten. But they're the payday lender kind of, of the middle class. Yeah. And yeah, here's, the, no, here's I mean, the deal, though. Here's the deal. The first step I put in my book about building a non-anxious life is you have to choose reality. Because what you're doing is you're spinning up stories. You're angry. You're thinking about what could have been. I was 10 years old. And all that does is spin up your body. You go to war on a battle you can't fight. Yeah, there's no, there's no, there's no winning here. It's just ending it. Just stop. Just stop. It's just you know. It, oh, you I put I put a, I put sixty thousand dollars in my pocket. There was a hole in it. I lost the sixty thousand dollars. <laughs> now what do I do now? Well, you sew up the hole and you don't put any more money in that pocket until you sew up the hole. So we're canceling this stupid thing and run the guy off with a stick. That's all you're doing. It's it, it is that simple. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry your parents got ripped off. Yeah, I hate that. Man. But I mean, it's car leasing, uh, whole life life insurance, timeshares. Uh, I mean, these are the things that just eat credit cards or the credit card interest rates oh my god they just eat people's lunch they just tear them to pieces man and uh you know when you actually understand how these products work you go god that is a legalized fraud but it is legal it's perfectly legal it's just a horrible product never buy life insurance ever that has a savings component to it of any kind there's not a place there's not a time that it works. There's only one person that works for. That's the life insurance company. That's it. It's screwing you 100% of the time. Hope I wasn't unclear. Hey, you've been listening to the show. Now it's time to start doing. No more excuses. Join me and the rest of the Ramsey personalities for the Total Money Makeover Weekend here in Nashville on May 10th and 11th. Get a crash course in everything we teach about money, including budgeting, beating debt, investing, and more. In just one weekend, you'll leave with a plan to put it all into action. It's game on, baby. Early bird tickets start at $99, so don't wait. Go to RamseySolutions.com slash weekend. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 
825-5225. Thank you for joining us, America. Merry Christmas to you. Jason is in San Antonio, Texas. Love your town, Jason. What's up? Thanks, sir. First off, I want to start off by thanking you. You've uh, changed my life. Um, on our last three real estate transactions, we've definitely been blessed, and we are on baby step seven. Uh, thank God. Way and, to go. Um, thank you, sir. Um, we are in a position where we could potentially be looking at a real estate investment. And uh, I know you have prolific experience in investing, and I wanted to ask your opinion on um, setting up potentially a business to uh, invest in, like an LLC or under my name, and then how to properly find uh, investment properties to invest in, and then uh, obviously, uh, you know, how do we how do we manage it? Um, you know, do we do flips? Do we do rentals? Uh, what's your opinion on stuff like that? Okay. Um, <clears throat> well, there's a lot of different things you can do there. That's a whole real estate course you're talking about in a sense. <laughs> but the uh, um, I, as you probably have already figured out, I'm unusual and I pay cash for all mine, or I don't buy it. So that's thing one. Uh, I do put all of our properties um, in an LLC. We don't buy residential houses anymore in our situation. We've got a bunch of them, but we're not adding any. When we were buying those, we uh, would put uh, up to $5 million worth into an LLC, and then we would form another LLC. The reason for that is if an LLC owns the rental house, the tenant gets drunk and falls off the porch and decides it's your fault and sues you, they have to sue the owner of the house, which is the LLC. Exactly. Okay. And if they were to win, they can take what that LLC owns, but nothing else. So your other assets, like your personal residence, are then protected. So by putting your properties up to a certain point in an LLC and then it it, once the target on the LLC gets too big, you do another LLC. So I've got a bunch of them. Um, <clears throat> like I've got one building that's a $15 million office building. It's its own LLC. Okay. Right. You see what I'm doing? But if somebody yep. falls over there, the worst case scenario, if they get past the insurance, they get past me pipe paying lawyers to sue them for being stupid and so on. The most they're going to get is that building. You follow right. me? Yes. So uh, if you're going to buy a house or two, form an LLC, throw them in there. Now, then as far as whether you're flipping them or whether you're uh, 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 holding them, then that's a completely different strategy in in terms of what you're looking for uh, and what you want to do and that kind of stuff. Flipping has been made famous, of course, by cable television. Everybody thinks they're Chip and Joanna. (laughs) And, um, I probably done 2000, 1500 flips in my life, but mostly in another life before I did this, I hardly ever sell a piece of real estate. Now I buy it and hold it forever. And so, uh, flips are a pain in the butt, um, because you're basically in the business of renovating properties and reselling them, finding another one, renovating it and reselling it. If you want to do that as your business, that's okay. But it, it's time-consuming. You know, you're running subs. You're running paint colors, picking faucets. It's like building a dadgum house. You know, I mean, you're, you're 
going to pick roofs. You're going to do all these things and then pull building permits. You're going to do all this stuff depending on how much work is being done to the house and in, in the proximity or to a, to a, a, a city, the, the municipality that you got to do that. So you got to go through all that stuff. Um, and, and you, after you get through all of that, you can make some money doing it if you bought the thing right. So um, you just decide if you want to do that or not. On rentals, the best rates of return are cheap properties, but they're the highest hassle. In other words, the more expensive the rent, typically the classier the tenant, right? More stable. Yeah, and the more stable. But if you got lower income property, you know, you're having to fight all kinds of other misbehaviors and other stuff in the properties, but the returns are excellent. Uh, so, so right now ha- I'm hassle looking factor. at about hassle factor. 120, 125,000 is about what we have left over from the most recent sale. Okay. And I, I just parked it in an S and P not knowing what to do with it. Yeah, that's we fine. Take that and buy, so you know, buy one or, or if two, you want to buy one and flip rentals. it or you and, and roll it up into something, but think about what it is you want to own for 10 years. If you're buying a rental. Right. And Make from sure personal experience, I'll tell you, you, you know, you're a brand new landlord. You don't want to deal with lower income property. It's a pain in the butt. <laughs> I mean, you, it's, it becomes its own business. It's your own. You have to have a, a, a brain adjustment when you do it because you have to think different. Um, but it, you know, all the, all the residential I have today is, is really high end single families. And I don't know how I got like 10 or 15 of them. I don't have a bunch of them. Most of our stuff is commercial, but, uh, but, uh, uh, so all of that to say, you just got to decide what you want to do, the, but the more, um, don't underestimate the hassle factor of what you're stepping into a flip is a big hassle. I'm telling you, you can make some money, but it's a job, uh, you know, dealing with lower income people, you can make a great rate of return, but it's a hassle. It becomes a job and it requires a cultural adjustment in your brain. Because they're, it's a different um, psyche that you're dealing with as a customer. And so, um, you know, by and large, not all the time, but as a generalization, uh, call it a stereotype if you want to. But then, uh, uh, and then the same thing on the other end. So, but if you're going to buy something to hold, look at it and go, how's this going to age in 10 years? Is it already 50 years old? Ooh, then it's going to be 60 years old when it's 10 years from now and you're going to start to, you know, so how old are you, Dave? I know, but I'm talking about houses. <laughs> I mean, I look at the house I grew up in and I think that stinking house, how old it is now. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, wow. I wouldn't buy that house. No. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I, that's, that's old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Same when I grew up in. Yeah. You know, so that, that's the thing, but it's a great question. Um, and, uh, and, but I think the biggest mistake this frenzy we have, John, of people and Jason, the people we have out here wanting to buy real estate right now, the biggest mistake is is that they they probably understand about ten percent of how hard it's going to be. When I like the way you're framing it, because you're saying you're asking what life do you want, and then we're gonna we're gonna buy a house or flip a house based on that. Because if you want to get in there and get your hands dirty and deal with knocking on doors and hey, you can't do this and you can't light fires in the yard, what that's a life. Right. Yeah. And some people you can't, you can't run drugs out of our house. That's right. You and know. if you want to mess with subs and have fun with doing that and flipping it and pick faucets and that brings you or your whoever your business partner's joy inoculates out. But that's a different kind of life, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
If you want but, to set it and forget and I, it. I, I, but this idea on TikTok that you can just buy houses and I've got this passive income. People who say passive income on real estate are morons. Right. There's nothing passive about owning real estate. It's active. Right. It's, it's very active. So There's not. I don't own a single piece of property that's passive. Right. And I own about several hundred million dollars worth. It's, it's oh my very. God. It's not passive. It's there's, just there's nobody crypto. There's nothing that uh, what passive is is mutual funds. They send me a statement in my inbox. <laughs> that's all I deal with. There's that, that's passive, but no, there's not any. There's no real estate passive income. That's a that's a that's somebody trying to sell you a get rich quick seminar on TikTok or TikTac or whatever the flip it is. You know, so that that's the you know you, you just real estate is a wonderful investment. But do not go into it, folks, with rose-colored glasses thinking it's going to be easy. It's a process. You're going to get rich quick. It's not quick. It's not easy. There's a hassle. It's not a pro- It's a problem. It's you know. It's like starting your own business. It's the it's the meanest boss you'll ever work for in your life. The guy will work you into the ground. You know. Don't start your own business and think it's going to fix all your problems. It just makes all your problems come home to on your plate. This is the Ramsey Show. Hey guys, are you ready for the secret to help you reach those money goals that you've been dreaming about? It's simple. You got to get on a budget. With our budgeting app, Every Dollar, you'll get intentional with your money and build the habits that will make those dreams a reality. And we'll be with you every step of the way, from your first budget to that retirement home on the beach. Download Every Dollar for free on the App Store or Google Play. Remember, today, download Every Dollar for free on the App Store or Google Play today. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. We're so glad you're here. Jeremy and Dalphin are with us on the debt-free stage in the lobby of Ramsey Solutions. How are you guys? Blessed. Blessed. Better, Better than, amazing. than amazing. I love it. Very fun. Where do you guys live? We live in. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Waxahachie, Texas. <laughs> Which is? It's about 20 minutes south of Dallas, just oh, off 35. okay. Okay. That off 287. Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> Look at you, Texas people talking code. All right. I love it. Way to go, guys. Congratulations. Welcome to Nashville. Merry Christmas. How much debt did you pay off? $128,849.83. I love it. How long did this take? 57 months. Okay. Way to go. And uh, your range of household income during that 57 months? Um, it was 65 k to about 110 k Neat. What do you all do for a living? We're, we're, we're both teachers, uh, and I'm actually a high school football coach. Oh, wow. Very good. Good for you guys. So what kind of debt was the 129? Uh, it was a mixture of school loans. There was a – we I owed something to the uh, some money to the IRS. There was a car loan, uh, credit cards. There was an old medical bill uh, and a past uh, eviction from my college days. Okay. Cool. Very good. Way to go, you guys. Excellent. So uh, what happened 57 months ago? I was uh, – just I was actually teaching uh, like multiple math classes. One of them was a financial math course, and I was just kind of during my lunch break. I was scrolling through Facebook, and the Rachel Cruz show came up, and I was just kind of listening to her. And then uh, she had Chris Hogan on, and they talked about uh, the t- the third job for being millionaires is a teacher. Mm-hmm. And I was, and I was always a person that I was like, oh well, I'm just never going to make it, or I'm just going to always uh, be broke because I'm a teacher. And yeah. then so when I heard that, I was like okay I, I'll, I'll, I'll bite like let's hear about this and then that's when i started listening to your show more and 
I, I got hooked immediately and then I kept trying to convince her and she was not really having it. <laughs> yes, I was like a budget. What? <laughs> and then after a while, you know, we started talking about our dreams and things like that. And I was like, okay, I'll bite. So, okay. And yep. then right after that, we, uh, we, I, I finally convinced her to let me uh, buy FPU. Uh huh. And then she decided to go on a spending spree that weekend. <laughs> yes. Of course. Yeah. That's, well, you got to eat chocolate cake when you start your diet. Yes. Right? yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, but we we ended up binging basically all nine episodes in probably about four or five days. Okay. So we like we didn't have a, a group to really get plugged into, so we just started listening. And I mean, af- after the first lesson, she was hooked, and we were like, "All right, let's go." Oh wow! So once you're on, you're on. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> all right. And then we you, two teacher salaries. You plow your way through 129 thousand uh, bucks. Well, she actually wasn't a teacher at first. Okay. She, uh, I was actually um, wanting to, we had moved up to Houston so that I could go to optometry school after mm-hmm. we both graduated from college. And then I changed my mind during COVID because mm-hmm. <laughs> I was also um, working um, for an optometrist and shadowing him. And I realized that, um, you know, my passion is to help people mm-hmm. and to serve people and I felt that I could still do that through teaching. Mm-hmm. So that's why I changed my mind and we plowed through that and um, getting my teacher cert and I started just focusing and um, teaching kids and we started focusing on that debt and we ended up taking up extra jobs on the weekends and everything. So our shirts. Yeah, we, we worked at uh, Gateway Church. We worked in the children's ministry. So Yeah, okay. Yes. Pastor Morris, a good friend of mine. Yes. They're good people. (laughs) Way to go, guys. Good for you guys. I'm proud of you. So what was the hardest thing you guys fought about over almost five years? Uh... (laughs) What? I mean, there was. Multiple. She looked at you like she knows exactly the answer, and you are looking like we, we never fought. Everything was great. Um, go you ahead. go. Okay, for me, it was having to stick to the budget was the hardest thing for me, and I felt like I was always trying to push, push it, push the nodule on trying to spend and trying to be socially acceptable all the time, and feeling that I always could not be empty handed because that's the way I was I grew up you know if you you know show up to family get togethers or birthdays or even you know if you're at your job and they have like a party and you have to bring something and I always felt that pressure of we have to spend so that we can keep up with everyone and (laughs) I realized that I had to just stop caring about that so much and focusing on our dream together and being Mm. out of debt that's powerful. How has your marriage changed over the five years of working through this? Uh, well, we actually, uh, starting off our debt-free journey within the first three months, we were actually on the rocks. And so we actually went through marriage counseling like almost immediately after we started FPU. Wow. And uh, like about two months after we started marriage counseling, I actually lost my job. And so just to make ends meet, I ended up getting a job uh, as an assistant manager at McDonald's. Uh, this is when we were living in Beaumont. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I mean, ever since then, though, I mean, like our communication has gotten better. Money, I don't feel like ever was like the biggest fight. It was always just something lingering. It was always usually just kind of communication errors. Yeah. And uh, then uh, <laughs> it w- we had arguments about cars, too, because <laughs> you, you'll like this one. So uh, 
throughout our entire debt-free journey, we went through 10 vehicles. Good Lord. Nine of them were in the first two years. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we, we had You're a, driving junkers or throwaways? or So we uh, starting off, we had a sh uh, 2015 Chevy Cruze and a 2004 Mitsubishi Lancer. Mm -hmm. uh, as Bo as I, both a piece of junk. Yes. So uh, the, che the Chevy Cruze uh, we ha was the one we had a loan on. So after I lost my job, we sold it. And then we ended up getting a, a 99 Toyota Camry. That's better. Atta boy. So, and so when we moved to uh, Houston, I actually uh, wrecked the Mitsubishi Lancer. Uh-huh. And... Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow, you are not coming out the hero in any of this. Oh, uh, uh, it gets better. It gets better. So then uh, we ended up getting a 97 Toyota 4Runner. And so... That's not uh, bad. Yeah. So then the 99 Camry, uh, the Tommy belt breaks while I'm driving sure. up the freeway in Houston. So my dad ended up helping us out, giving us a 2000 Toyota Camry. That's better. And while she was driving it, uh, right after a melted hit, the wheel popped off the axle. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yes. So my dad felt bad. He gave him then. He, so he brought us a. He almost killed his daughter-in-law. Yeah. <laughs> How fast were you going? Uh, the speed limit. <laughs> in Houston, no, that's no, you're not telling the truth because nobody drives speed limit in Houston. <laughs> well, it's a, it fast. was a back road, so. Oh, okay. I had to be careful. I'm not used to being yeah. on back roads all the time. So well, well and because the thing was, is like she was driving to Beaumont from Houston, which is about an hour and a half to two yeah. hour drive, because yeah. that's where her job was. Hard to do it on three wheels. And then uh, <laughs> yeah. we were living on the north side of Houston. I was actually working on the south side, which John, as you know, Houston is an hour away from Houston. That's right. So I was actually getting up at four a.m. in so the morning. In the middle of all this bullcrap, <laughs> how many times did you almost quit getting out of debt? Uh, too, too many times to, yeah. to really yeah. count. So what, was, what, what caused you to stick with it? That's it, amazing. I'm impressed. Um, for us, it was just having those dream talks yeah. and rewatching the lessons. It's worth the trouble. It's worth the trouble. Now that you're there and you look back on all that stupid car, I mean, that, that's like a book. You ought to write a book on bad cars, <laughs> the bad car experience. Uh, was it worth it? Yes. A hundred percent. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I would do it all again. You need to write all those cars <laughs> down in detail so you can tell your grandkids, because you'll forget them. Yep. I've had to go back and figure out what cars I've owned over the years, and I didn't go through 10 in 10 months. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's incredible. Way to go, you guys. I'm so proud of you, because the perseverance that you built and the locking arms, even though you hated it every moment of it, and at times didn't like each other while you're doing it, you still, that what the calluses that you built, you're going to be able to do anything you want to do with your life. Yep. Yes. I'm so proud of you. So very cool. All right, count it down, guys. 129000 paid off in 57 months, making 65 to 110. Let's hear a debt-free scream. <laughs> Ready? Three, <laughs> two, one. We're debt-free! Yeah! Yeah! That's how that works. This is The Ramsey Show. Our scripture of the day, Proverbs 16, 28, a troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. Thomas Sowell says, you can't stop people from saying bad things about you. All you can do is make them liars. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> All right. Patrick's with us in Nashville. Hey, Patrick. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Uh, hey, Do hey, Dave. Hey, John. It's good to be talking to y'all. You too, man. How can we help? 
Yeah, uh, first of all, and I'll be quick. First of all, I just wanted to say thank you for the work that you all do, you and your entire team. Um, I'm on baby step number two still, so very early on in the process. But I can already tell you what education you put out and the things that I've learned from you all have changed my financial future. And honestly, even more than that, my kids and maybe children's children's financial future. So thank you. Well, thank you, Patrick. We're proud of you. How can we help? Yeah. Uh, so I guess my question uh, ultimately falls around manual underwriting. I want to give a little context. I work in higher education, so Dr. John knows my world very much. Um, essentially, my question is regarding a potential job opportunity. Uh, there's a position that I've been asked to apply for. I am applying for it. Uh, that essentially would give me free housing, um, uh, meal stipend, phone bill paid for. So cover a lot of my essential expenses. And essentially, I'm wondering what that looks like with if I do go through this entire process, become debt free, no credit score, uh, figure out if that affects any way negatively manual underwriting. No, it does not. not a, I did the exact thing. I lived on campus. I, I had all my bills taken care of. It affects nothing. It's all good. Yeah. Take yep, advantage yeah. of that well, glitch in the matrix and pay off everything you own, put tons of money away and um you yeah. know. Manual yeah, underwriting does not require a rental for it to be okay. approved. Uh a rental gotcha. background. Now it, it um if you have pay you know, if you've paid rent, they're gonna want to see that. But mm-hmm. but in this case you're not. So for instance, another place you would have this happen is if you were in the military and you're using you're using base housing. Okay. Yeah. That wouldn't count against you. It's just becomes part of your compensation at your job is what it amounts to. So it's very explainable because the essence of manual underwriting is, is that instead of looking at a number that says you mm-hmm. that you can pay your bills, they're actually looking at your life. Okay. Can you pay yeah. your bills? And manual means a human being is making a value wisdom judgment on behalf of the mortgage company and saying, okay, I've got this piece of information that says he can pay his bills. I've got this piece of information that says he can pay his bills. I've got this piece of information that says he can pay his bills. And that's what they're looking for. When I was a a pup at 18 or 20 years old in the seventies and eighties selling real estate, we would take, there was no FICO score. We would put a house under contract with someone and we would take them over to the savings and loan, the bank, and they would sit down and say, all right, sign this. It's a verification of deposit. And they would mail it to the bank to verify that you had a deposit sign this. It's a VOE, a verification of employment. They would mail it to your employer to verify your income and that you had a job sign this. It's a verification of that. And they would gather these data points and then they would look at them and go, this guy can pay his bills. There was not yeah. any shocking uh, revelation out of a magic number that somehow falsely said you were eligible. And so that's what's going on here. That's the essence of the idea of manual underwriting, and that'll put you right where you want to be. I'm proud of you, Patrick. Go take your job, man. That's great. Yeah, go get it. Get it. That job changed my family's life, so go get it. Where were you? I was in Texas, and I was over. I would have been his boss, and I had an empty apartment. And this is when my wife and I decided, hey, if we sold our house and we moved in this house, we could pay off everything we own in the next. So we paid off 
a jillion dollars. Oh, so you sold your house and moved into the and moved into an apartment and that was provided. That was provided and it had all the bills. And then Hank had uh, 175 college students as his as his roommates in the building we lived in, and it ended up being a pretty magic uh, year for us. Wow. Yeah. Very interesting. But it, was, it transformed our lives. Denise is with us in Houston, Texas. Hi, Denise. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave. Hi, John. Thank you guys so much for taking my call. It's my birthday today, so I'm definitely happy to... Happy birthday! Ah, thank you so much. Um, my question is, I am wondering if I should... Or how I can get out of uh, my car situation. I currently have a 2020 Kia Forte. Uh, negative equity in it, unfortunately. I purchased it last year. And I just feel like it's draining the ability for me to be able to make... Um, have higher savings and just kind of get get to a better place. What do you owe on it? I don't really it? know if it's a, uh, twenty two thousand. Okay. What do you make? Fifty seven thousand. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's your car payment? Car payment is four sixty. Okay. And uh, so, what do you think it's worth? Uh, from KBB, I looked up. It's worth about fourteen grand, thirteen or fourteen grand. That's trade in. No, she rolled in negative equity. Oh, you rolled in negative equity. Correct. Oh, I missed that part. Oh, geez. Okay. So the is that private sale you owe 14? Uh, yes, private sale. Or it's worth 14, I'm sorry. Uh, so you're eight in the hole. I would owe roughly 8K, yeah. Yeah. And I thought maybe, you know, pretty soon I could start trying to double up on payments and get out of my um my balance sooner my how much other debt do you have six k in student loans twenty one hundred and a credit card that's it okay no i'm I'm just gonna i'm just gonna work your debt snowball pay your minimum payments and and pay everything you can on your smallest debt and then when that was gone pay everything you can on your next smallest debt that's ten thousand dollars clear that um and then when you don't have those two payments anymore then we're going to tear into this car and we're going to pay not double payments, but triple, quadruple payments or whatever. You know, pay $3,000 a month on it. I don't care. And let's just get it paid down because it's, the car is not the problem. The car before this car is the problem. And so you're not solving the math problem when you go from 22 to 8. If you go from 22 to 2, you'd be solving the math problem, right? Right. But you're not, you don't make enough headway here by getting rid of this, by sacrificing this car, in this case, what I would do is just tear into it with a vengeance and say, okay, I've got, um, you know, $32,000 worth of debt. I make 57. I'm going to work six jobs, do nothing, go not go out to eat. I'm going to pour everything I can get my hands on onto this 57, I mean, onto this $32,000 worth of debt. And in 18 to 24 months, I'm going to be a hundred percent debt free car and everything. And then if you want to sell the car, sell it. But get it paid off. Perfect. That's kind of what I was thinking. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, you, you got get, it. Have you been through Financial Peace University yet, Marie? Uh, Denise, I have not. No, I'm sorry, I Denise. Actually, I'm sorry. Years, I'm looking okay. at the wrong when screen. When I was younger, I did. My family, like, how old are you? When I was, I'm 29 today. That's happy birthday. Hey, we're going to give you a birthday gift and a Christmas gift. I want you to go through Financial Peace University as my guest. Okay, thank you so much. Yeah, I want you to go do that stuff because I, I can hear it in the way you're looking at this and you're, you're, the way you're forming your language. You're actually going to do it. You're, you're going to do yeah, this. Yeah, I'm, 
You're, I am. I'm very passionate, and yes, I definitely want to knock it out. Denise, can I ask you a quick question? Yes, sir. How many years in a row have you been 29? <laughs> Zero. All right. <laughs> a real 29. Well done. <laughs> it's the 33rd anniversary of my 29th, of my 29th birthday. birthday. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh oh happy birthday denise hang on austin will pick up and we'll get you signed up for financial peace university as our guest uh we got about 10 we just passed ten thousand classes that were taught this year wow they, i just did a little video thanking all the coordinators before we got on the air Ten thousand classes. Ten thousand classes were taught this year and uh it, it gets away the numbers are, are astronomical i mean that's it's a lot of people yeah and um, we're starting to add up now how much um, charity has been given by all these people. And it's, it's uh, astronomical how much of the economy you can affect by doing something like this. That puts us out of the Ramsey Show in the books. We'll be back with you before you know it. In the meantime, remember, there's ultimately only one way to financial peace, and that's to walk daily with the Prince of Peace, Christ Jesus. Hey folks, Dave Ramsey here. You know, budgeting doesn't have to be boring. You just need a budgeting app that's made with you in mind. And that's Every Dollar. The Every Dollar app has helped millions of people work the baby steps and take the stress out of planning and managing their money. Start budgeting with Every Dollar for free right now. Just go to RamseySolutions.com slash Every Dollar and download the app today. That's RamseySolutions.com slash Every Dollar.